to In the Spotlight, a chance to get to know the financial services practice group team here at Barry Dunn. I'm Susan Weber. And I'm Brooke Wells. Fellow team members and hosts of the series. We're joined today by David Stone, manager at Barry Dunn. Hey, nice to be here, guys. Hi, Dave. Welcome. I feel like we ought to give you a nickname. I feel like everybody on the series needs a nickname, not us, of course, but I'm kind of thinking Iron Dave for you. Iron Dave. We'll see if it sticks. <laughs> We'll, we'll see if it sticks, and hopefully that will become evident in today's discussion. So to kick us off, tell us how you got into the profession. How long have you been in accounting? Yeah, so I got into the profession, um, I guess you could say, during college. Um, so when I was thinking about what I wanted to go to college for, I was actually thinking about going for music. And it was my, my girlfriend, now wife, that convinced me otherwise she was like, I, I know you love music, but how about you try out accounting? And, <laughs> music, uh, accounting, they're pretty similar. <laughs> <laughs> I like to tell myself that, Susan. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I gave it a shot, you know, went to the University of Southern Maine for um, my undergrad degree, studied accounting um, as well as economics. Then went to Thomas College for my graduate degree. And while at USM, as well as Thomas, I interned at Barry Dunn, um, starting in the tax department for a, a brief winter season and then uh, transitioned to the, the audit department where I currently work. Um, and while, you know, while at Thomas College, I started studying for the CPA exam and, uh, you know, Fortunately, passed all exams first try and uh, was actually awarded the Elijah Watt Sells Award. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was um, not expected and, you know, very, very exciting to say the least. Um, and that award is if you pass all four exams first try with a uh, cumulative average score above 95 and a half. Um, oh my so, goodness yeah, yeah. So it was. Definitely, definitely an accomplishment I'm, I'm proud of. Um, so I've been at Barry Dunn for about six years now, you know, again, straight out of college and um, work primarily in the financial services practice group on banks, credit unions, uh, broker dealers, and then also focus on a lot of employee benefit plan audits uh, during the summer months. You're so talented. We're so happy you chose Barry Dunn for your career. What have you been involved in recently within the accounting profession? Yeah, so in the in the profession as a whole, um, a recent focus or involvement of mine has been with the Maine Society of CPAs. Um, and the, the Maine Society of CPAs is a, a local not-for-profit with about 600 members um, and I'm currently the president of the society. So, you know, I, I lead the, the board meetings. We have a, a few each year. And uh, the society, you know, really focuses on a bunch of different aspects of the profession. Um, you know, so education, providing educational opportunities for its members. Advocacy for the profession is a huge, um, you know, item that we're focused on. And, and that's, you know, it, it really runs all over the place from just, you know, looking at the accounting pipeline, you know, who's studying accounting, who's interested in the profession, and also looking at on the legislative front, um, what's in the pipeline there and how can we support those efforts. Um, and lastly, networking. You know, we do a lot of great events just to get um, accountants, whether, you know, public accountants or 
or um, accountants in private practice just engaged and involved with one another. Wow, that is very comprehensive. I, you know, I, I know I said Iron Dave, but I'm actually now trying to, I'm still obsessed over this music piece that I didn't know about you, Dave. So <laughs> now I'm the singing accountant. I don't know. Now my mind just wandered. Um, but back to, back to uh, the task at hand, in the relatively short time that I've known you, um, David, your passion for the profession really shines through. So talk to us a little bit about that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it does because um, I am very passionate about what I do. Um, and I, I guess if I could kind of hone in on that passion, I, I really love just the technical aspects of what we do. So, you know, looking at new accounting standards, auditing standards um, and dissecting them and ultimately trying to help my clients gain control over those standards as well, you know, help them implement them in a way that makes the most sense uh, for their business. Um, and I, I guess to provide some examples of some, you know, stuff that I've been looking at recently, um, you know, specific to financial institutions, TDR uh, accounting has been a, a huge focus, as you know, Susan, you know, with um, with TDR accounting, being eliminated and you know mm-hmm. some enhancements to uh, the disclosure requirements regarding loan modifications. Uh, ESG has also been a, a hot topic, so environmental, social, and governance. Um, and we've seen the SEC come out with proposals on proposed um, you know climate change disclosures. Uh, lease accounting as well has been a focus of mine. There's a new accounting standard that is um, going to be taking effect that really impacts the way that our clients will be um, accounting for operating leases. So we, we actually have a lease committee here at Barry Dunn that I'm part of that's been producing uh, content internally as well as externally. An example of that, I don't mean to cut you off, but a really great example of that is that instructional video that you put out for lenders. Isn't that true on the lease accounting change? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, Susan. Yeah, there was a video that I put out, um, I believe it was last fall, so fall 2021, um, that was uh, really targeted towards lenders and and what they needed to consider um, in regards to these new lease accounting standards. Excellent. Dang, there's just no slowing you down, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned a lot of uh, technical aspects. I was recently reading an article you wrote back in 2020 about uh, remote work and controls. Do you remember this article? Um, At the time, we were thinking it was more of a temporary um, thing. Any thoughts about it now? Yeah, wow, you're you're going... You're going back a ways, Brooke, 2020. Um, I do remember that article, though. Um, yeah, I, I co-wrote it with uh, Kaylin Landry, a, another professional in the financial services practice group. And um, yeah, you know, it at the time, we thought that a lot of those items would be temporary. But as we know now, a, a lot of those remote work considerations um, have started to take more of a permanent um, focus for our clients. And, you know, I think a lot of the considerations that we mentioned in that article still hold true today. So just to recap some of those, um, tone at the top, 
you know, what does that look like in a remote work environment um, or even a hybrid work environment where you have some people in the office and, and some working uh, fully remotely? You know, how do you engage with your team um, and and really, you know, showcase the tone um, that you want to provide to your team? In some ways that you can do that, um, you know, are weekly emails to the team, just kind of checking in with everyone, sharing whatever is top of mind. Um, video calls are also a great way. So having one-on-one meetings with those remote employees, uh, just routine check-ins, just to make sure that they're, you know, seeing a face and, um, you know, feel part of the team. Another thing I'll mention is, you know, with with the transition to remote work, there may have been accommodations made to existing internal controls. Um, you know, as we're well aware, the shift to remote work was mainly a result of the pandemic and things, you know, transitioned very quickly. Um, so I, I think it's reasonable that there may have been accommodations um, to internal controls that were made out of necessity. But, you know, now that we're a, a few years removed from that time, you know, if if you're still operating under that new control environment, well, what accommodations did you make? You know, do you have an inventory of those accommodations? And do they remain appropriate? Are they maybe not accommodations? Um, or is that a sign of a possible weakness in control design that, that should be addressed? Wow, sounds like this article is even more relevant today than it was in 2020. Um, we can put a link in the podcast description for anyone who would like to go back and read that. Uh, it was so nice to get to know you, David. It was fun getting to shine the spotlight on you today. Before we go, are you ready for a quick accounting joke? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. Let's, let's see what you got, Brooke. What do you call an accountant without a spreadsheet? Oh, gosh. What do you call an accountant without a spreadsheet? <laughs> uh, I have no clue, Brooke. You got me stumped on this one. Lost. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On that note, do you see how I got back to music, Dave? <laughs> On that note, thanks everyone for joining. Be on the lookout for more of your favorite professionals in the spotlight.